Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, oh boy. I uh, am 889's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And I am Matt Miller, culture editor at onmilwaukee.com. And we are Cinebuds. Aww. So this week, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we had Matt from On Milwaukee come on and talk about what the movie industry is doing. And when the last time that Matt was on, the whole thing was like, push to July, push to August, push the dates. We'll come back in the summer. Everything will be great by August. And it is. <laughs> what is the film industry doing with all the releases that it was planning on doing at this time and for the past five months? Yeah, I, I think what what's really interesting is this upcoming weekend, these next two to three weekends are going to be really huge. Uh, I mean, obviously, no new movies have come out since about, I want to say, mid-March. Everything that has come out has either been on a streaming service or has been something that was sold to a streaming service. Uh, so stuff like Hamilton, which came out in July, that wasn't supposed to be a Disney Plus movie. That was supposed to be in theaters next year. And oh, since wow. they had it and they were ready, uh, they moved it up to July. And obviously that worked out really well for Disney and Disney Plus, one of the mm -hmm. few bright spots for them over the past several uh, several months of inactivity. But this upcoming weekend and these next few weekends, there's actually new movies coming out in theaters. This is you're, you're starting off with a road rage movie with with Russell Crowe, and then you're getting technically Bill and Ted in theaters. Possibly, it's also going to be on VOD as well as the New Mutants, the Disney movie. Finally, it's finally coming out. Right, and then Tenet. Christopher Nolan's Tenet is allegedly coming out Labor Day weekend. That's been what movie theaters have been crying out for. They've been saying we opened up, but no one wants to see like everyone was fun about seeing Back to the Future that opening weekend going back to the movies for that. But after eight weeks, people don't want to risk their lives to go see Back to the Future <laughs> again. They can watch that at home. Right. And here's the, the the really super interesting thing about all this. At the same time as these new movies coming out for theaters is you have Mulan, which bailed on movie theaters and is now going straight to Disney Plus for a premium rental price. Basically... Mm. Yeah, so basically you need to have a Disney Plus subscription and then for an extra $30 Whoa. you buy access for Mulan. Yes, so you're basically buying the movie, but you can only keep the movie if you have your Disney Plus subscription. Wow. And if and if that does really well, if like Mulan, if Disney reports that Mulan made 170 million dollars on its, you know, digital platform premium situation, and people are looking at the box office numbers for Tenet and for Unhinged and for the New Mutants, and they're not impressive. And spoiler alert, they're not going to be impressive because right. movie theaters are still maybe at 50% capacity at best. Right. And a lot of people are not comfortable going to movie theaters right now. So I, I think there's going to be a large discussion after a Labor Day weekend of, okay, what worked, what didn't. And I think you're going to see a lot more blockbusters flee again. So the film industry, everything is fine. 
Yep. But we also had a big announcement in the Milwaukee film industry. The Milwaukee Film Festival, which happens every year, made a big announcement. Christopher Pollard. So what was the big announcement in Milwaukee Film this past week? We have not one, but two festivals coming up. Wow. So what we have is the second annual Minority Health Film Festival, which is September 10th through the 24th. So we're essentially going to have two two-week festivals. <laughs> <laughs> a month a month apart uh that one is going to be amazing it was really great response last year we're doing it again online and then of course the annual the uh, 2020 milwaukee film festival october 15th to the 29th that's also back it's all going to be virtual it's all going to be great all right when we come back matt's going to talk about the film industry and then we're going to talk about the film festival too stick around Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart. And we're back. I'm Justin Barney. We got Kay Polly here. And then we are having Matt Miller from On Milwaukee uh, joins us as uh, industry expert, Matt Miller. Two kinds. Two kinds. Um, Matt, so you were saying how... Uh, movies are coming back to theaters, which is honestly a thing that I did not know before having this conversation. <laughs> and it sounds terrifying and sounds like that's that's going to work, right? Yeah, it's a big question mark right now. I think especially since it's mainly the chains coming back and people, th- these are the same places that people don't trust to keep people's cell phones off and stop talking during a movie, much less make sure that people are wearing masks and keeping social distance. So it'll be interesting to see how many people truly show up to theaters, especially because the CDC points out in a lot of cases, movie theaters, not the safest place to be. Arguably one of the least safe places one can be. Are they making efforts to make it safer or what? They are. They, they're they're mandating masks in most places, unless you're eating and drinking, which is kind of like if you're probably thing. you're probably eating popcorn. <laughs> <you're> there. <laughs> yeah. So oops. Um and they're they're sanitizing. They're do the they're doing all of the kind of pandemic theater of wiping things down, even the theater though, of theater. Yeah, the the theater of, of pandemics where you're cleaning stuff, but how much is that actually it's the masks and the ventilation that is the key part of preventing the spread as we're finding out more and more. But it'll be I mean, this is the first time new movies have been out. We've been seeing these box office results for Jurassic Park and Back to the Future and you know, older movies that, you know, people aren't going to be enticed to come out into a potentially unsafe environment by a thing they could watch at home. Now they're finally going to have stuff like Unhinged and Tenet and The New Mutants exclusively in theaters. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of crowd shows up, especially in comparison to Mulan, which is the big mover and shaker here. Mulan was supposed to be a billion-dollar grocer for Disney. This was going to be a big movie for them. Uh, And 
that movie now going to streaming is big because if it makes its money back, if this premium VOD that they're doing with the $30 rental plus a subscription to Disney Plus, if that makes a decent amount of its money back, well, then maybe we'll see more big studio tentpoles decide, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's try VOD. Let's see if we can make our money back there instead of continually pushing stuff back and pushing this stuff back, especially in a case like Wonder Woman uh, 1984, which is a part of a DC universe that they're trying to, they're going to have other movies in that lineage that they have to plan out. And, and stuff like Black Widow, which is a part of obviously that big Marvel cinematic universe where these movies build on one another and you need to have one ready and then another one ready and then another one ready. Right. It sounds like um, studios are handling this in a couple of different ways, like coming back to it. You know, everyone's trying to make back their money. And yeah. it's like, is that way going back to the theater, enjoying movies the way that people know? Or it, it also sounds like it's like the Mulan is the like convoluted kind of like on paper looks like the worst case scenario where it's going directly VOD. It's going to Disney Plus, which you have to have a a subscription for and it's $30 which is outrageous to a lot of people mm-hmm. um but it does sound like if i got to if 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 you got to roll the dice which one do you think is the better outcome it's it's hard to say especially for the studios because there's no proof that VOD works in terms of making your budget back on a massive movie. Uh mm-hmm. that's the reason why none of them are risking it right now. Sure you can make decent money on VOD with a smaller film. That's the reason why a lot of the stuff that has already gone to streaming or VOD, stuff like the uh John Stewart movie Irresistible, Trolls World Tour, none of these movies were going to be massive hits. As a matter right. of fact, a lot of the stuff that has been sold to Netflix or Amazon or had bailed for VOD, a lot of them were going to be flops. I mean, Artemis Fowl bailed very quickly to Disney+, and there's a reason for that, and it's because that movie sucks. It is a <laughs> bad, bad film. If you like listening to multiple characters sound like they gargled a sandpaper smoothie, boy, <laughs> do I have a movie for you. Finally, a film for me. <laughs> is that not going to be a category at the film festival this year? Is there not going to be a... <laughs> That's my sweet spot. That's my sweet spot. I always look forward to the sandpaper smoothie category <laughs> at the That's Milwaukee right. Film Festival every That's year. Right. But Mulan is the first big one that you know was going to be a hit. And... It'll be interesting. This, like I said, and and right now things may change. You know, hopefully a year from now things are normalized and people feel comfortable going to theaters again. But right now, maybe that's not the case, and maybe the way forward right now is streaming, at least for the time being, to keep people safe and to get people entertainment and to make some money back on these movies that they've got on the shelf right now. So this is what's happening for movies on the shelf. These are all movies that were filmed, they were made, post-production can be done alone. Um, Mostly they were working out marketing and how to get this into theater. What about movies that were scheduled to film right now? Like, are people making movies? And what does that mean for like, is is there going to be a period in like 2022 where it's just like, oh, this is where 
the movies were supposed to be made in 2020 and we're just, there's just like, finally we can get back to theaters and there, is there going to be a weird spot where there's just crickets? A theatrical divot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you'll see that theatrical divot. I think they are trying to spread things out a little bit as, as much as they can. Uh, and it, obviously all of these movies getting pushed back is just going to push back those movies. So you're just honestly pushing back a schedule. And in a lot of cases, movies have been able to start filming, especially if they were filming overseas. I know mission impossible started refilming already. Um, a lot of projects have been able to start refilming and start that process back up. What is interesting is how this will change the movies themselves, because I've already read a lot of pieces about, you know, big crowd scenes. Obviously, you can't film those mm -hmm. right now. Obviously, mm -hmm. that's a health risk and a liability. Uh, so what's going to happen with that? Intimate, you know, intimate sex scenes and things of that nature. Obviously, kind of a problematic thing to do right now when being in close contact and, and breathing one another's air on a set. Not a great idea. So it'll be interesting to see these, these kind of changes and, and seeing how the movies themselves are changed in this. I wonder if you're going to see a lot more like CGI action scenes That's and you're going to, and action scenes in general. I mean, what are we, what are, how can John wick film right now when so many yeah. of its action scenes are about guys running into each other, being in close contact, unless it's masked, unless there's a pandemic built into the plot, which do you want to watch anything involving the right. pandemic after yeah, this? I know. Right. You know, what's really interesting and I'd be interested to see what happens is I believe, I, cause I've heard of small productions being made right now. You can't have a lot of Hollywood films safely made because there are thousands of people who work on those sets. Yes. Or you have independent film right now who you've got maybe 20 people that can easily make, I say easily, but uh, could make a film happen safely. It'll be interesting to see in the next year if you start seeing smaller films get those higher profiles because they're there and they're quality. I mean, independent film has a history of overcoming challenges, whether it's financial or creative or otherwise. They find ways around how no business is normally done in a film. Hollywood right. is not used to doing that anymore because they don't have to. But now here's an era where creative challenges are everywhere you look. So uh, I think it would be really fascinating to see what happens. I had a friend who said it would be really funny to film a, a – to take a normal script, but film it through the window of a house <laughs> as, <laughs> as if the filmmaker doesn't want to get too close. So you just see it through windows, which I think is right. a hilarious premise. And yeah. I also heard people are just scrambling for content that doesn't require in-person face-to-face contact, yeah. like a lot of animation, things like that. Well, we've already seen a lot of Zoom-related movies, too. I believe they filmed one, and it's on Shutter right now. The name is escaping me, but it's entirely filmed over Zoom. Oh, yeah. And you had already seen movies kind of testing those waters before with movies like Searching and the Unfriended movies that were based on laptop screens or based on cell phone screens. Right. And I think you might see a little bit more of that now because obviously that is the safest, most reliable way to film something. And that the whole genre has been kind of, you know, an interesting water that they've been a lot of horror movies. There's been a lot of thrillers made in that area, but we haven't really seen a drama play out on that medium. And I think maybe you're going to see some people testing those waters uh, because you can't 
it's not the best idea to be filming in person right now. And Matt, that brings me to what I was thinking about as well, which is like in you're talking about the movies that are coming back, Tenet, Mulan, and then movies that got pushed or they're trying to figure out Wonder Woman and kind of like these movies that have that people are waiting for because they're part of a series or they're part of like something that's huge and larger. And it feels like to not have them or like you have to figure out a way to get these to audiences because audiences truly want them because they know Mm -hmm. and are familiar with them. For me, that that is like, well, what about, you know, the the movies that we're talking about are the biggest of the big, you know? And so what, what does that mean for indie movies and how have, uh, independent films and movies that are smaller, how are they handling and how do you think that we're going to come out of this? Because it really seems like, I mean, to me, we're just talking about big blockbusters and it just seems like we're no one's even talking about independent films. Yeah, and they're the ones that are going to struggle the most right now. I, at least they've got, at least getting a theatrical release, I would say. A lot of them shifted to digital VOD streaming releases, and they found some moderate success there. I mean, First Cow, uh, the new Kelly Reichardt movie came out, was supposed to get a big full release. Now that is on VOD. Uh, and the big movies are going to find, partially because big movies don't play well at your home. You know, I got to right. say, as someone who's been watching movies, you know, like all of us streaming movies at home, watching movies at home from the comfort of my couch, watching movies at home sucks compared to a movie theater. Even the worst movie theater is better than watching movies at home. It's just not a place that's conducive to really paying attention to a movie, I find. Right. Uh, it's just so easy to be distracted and you're just so willing to be distracted. So big and and a big movie is meant to be played on a big screen where it overwhelms you when you watch it on a small screen, it just doesn't have the same power uh, and and import to it. So big movies will always have a place on the big screen. However, I would say that smaller movies, they may struggle. And especially because movie theaters are going to want the big movies that bring in big audiences when this is all done. They are going to want to make the most giant profits possible. And indie movies are not that. Indie movies make you know much smaller money, uh, much smaller profits, much smaller budgets. So I, I'm concerned that when this is all said and done, they're going to overload so much on these big movies to get people excited because people are going to be mostly excited for wonder woman and the big named brand movies. And it's harder for something like a parasite to kind of sneak through and build an audience and be like, trust us. People are going to want to see this Korean subtitled tonally uncomfortable movie. For sure. I think we had that with, with like first cow where it was like, we loved first cow. I did first cow and going to VOD. Did it, how did it work? You know, how's it doing? That's the hard part. Cause they don't really release a lot of numbers in terms of VOD. That, that's always the, the great issue with all of this is that, especially with the streaming services, we don't really know how much people are watching this stuff. It seems like a show on Netflix gets a big audience, but we kind of just have to take Netflix's word for it. Um, And in the case of a lot of this VOD stuff, those numbers don't really quite come out. So I know Universal had announced like, oh, this is what we made off Trolls World 2 at the beginning of all of this. But you're kind of relying on the studio to not be fudging numbers a little bit, and you're relying on them to not 
be talking about how like oh like it's a pitch they're telling you how great these numbers are but they're not telling you the truth of these numbers right um so so yeah it's really hard to say like what's working and what's not until these upcoming weekends where we're going to have the box office reports from stuff like tenet from unhinged and we're going to have a better idea of what's what's working and what's not and disney i'm sure will come back from mulan and be like we've made so much money and that will inspire a lot of people to maybe look into their own paid vod program so is anything like truly working uh (laughs) no no (laughs) Uh, i mean netflix is doing well i mean the streaming services are, are are happy because they've got a captive audience right now in a lot of cases, and Netflix has had a pretty consistent amount of content coming out. The The problem is a lot of it's not very good. <laughs> There's right. a reason why a lot of stuff ends up on Netflix as opposed to from a studio. Um, I mean, The Five Bloods was great. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. There's been a few winners out there, but generally speaking, uh, there hasn't been a lot of great stuff. But, you know, Netflix is happy because they've got people watching. Um, that that that's that's the only thing really working right now in terms of getting movies out to the public that people are watching and with a viable like true results of people are watching this people care the old guard the charlize theron movie appears to be a hit for netflix was a big deal but people have already stopped talking about that movie it's kind of a huge problem with netflix everything they have is a one week shelf life Right, and then everyone's moved on to the next streaming thing. What do you think about all the um, drive-in movies that are popping up again? You know what? You bring up a good point because IFC they moved, they pivoted almost immediately to drive-ins. They had a bunch of movies, and they're like, "Hey, drive-in theaters, do you want some new movies? Because we've got them. You can have them." Mm-hmm. And drive-ins have found success, and a lot of smaller movies that otherwise would have made a few bucks or something like that. IFC has been making money off of these movies, these especially horror movies, putting them into the drive-ins and they've made like a million dollars on movies that definitely didn't cost a million dollars to make. So that's very impressive. You know, I've had stuff like the rental and the wretched, which became very popular because these drive-ins are open. And I don't think you saw that maintain here in Milwaukee, particularly because a lot of the Milwaukee theaters relied on retro content. Yeah. You're back to the futures, your Raiders of the lost Ark. And after a while people, people want to see something new. I can watch Raiders of the lost Ark at home. I can mm. watch, you know, and I, now that new movies are out, I would love to see studios and theaters kind of embrace it a little bit more and put unhinged on a drive-in screen maybe instead of them putting it in a theater it's safer to have it at a drive-in i went to my first drive-in this past summer and i loved it i think it works really really well so i would love to see people people do that great um which drive-in did you go to i went to both i went to the milky way in uh i went to the milky way in franklin and then i went to the one the parking lot cinema at the marcus majestic and they were both great i still haven't been to the highway 18 which like i feel like i need to grab my my film nerd membership card right and and turn that in i've i failed in that department but maybe you know with this upcoming weekend if people don't feel comfortable going out to theaters but they want to see new movies hopefully these drive-ins will get those new movies so instead of seeing new mutants risking your life to see a bad X-Men movie, people can go comfortably to see it at a drive-in, which seems like a far better deal. 
Well, my question to you is, are you going to go to the theater to see Mutants? <laughs> Theaters are open next week with some big new releases. Matt, will you be there? I, I will say I've been to the movie theaters during a pandemic. I went to see some movies at the Fox Bay when they opened. And in no part of their own, it didn't feel right. Like, they did everything right. They mandated masks. They made sure you were healthy, you know, contactless, all that stuff. But it just felt weird. It felt like the uncanny valley or like the invasion of the body snatchers of going to the movies because you just feel like something's off. It's like watching a baseball game right now. It just doesn't feel right because there's no crowd. It feels like like a, a haunted playhouse version of the experience that you love. Yeah. That being said, I am an addict. I have a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, uh, I have an addiction to seeing movies. So I honestly, I'll probably end up at the theaters to see these new films. I will seek out it when I go. Probably I will go to the, as as less as least crowded of showings as possible. I'm going to try to find the earliest morning or the latest night showing when hopefully things are as unpopulated as possible. I'm not going to bring in snacks. I'm not going to eat popcorn or anything during the movie because I want to keep my mask on. Um, So, and it'll, it'll be weird and it won't be the experience I want uh, from going to a movie theater. Even like I said, a lot of these places are doing it right, but there's no way to do it right in a pandemic right now. It's like going to a restaurant right now. It's, it's not why you go to a restaurant. So, I'll, it'll definitely be an experience, um, but I I will go. I will watch the movies, but I will probably take a long shower afterwards. Um. Right. And in order to avoid the feeling of wanting to take a long shower afterwards for <laughs> 14 days in a row, the Milwaukee Film Festival has gone um, all digital for the film festival. When is the, the festival... And how's it going to be different? How can we participate? What's it going to feel like? Um, It's interesting. We were talking about how watching movies in the theater, obviously, is something that's the best case scenario. I've always said it, and I agree. Watching at home does require a lot more like patience and concentration. I blame the internet. Not uh, the phone. <laughs> I blame my stupid brain. So. Right. Well, our stupid our brains are stupider because of the internet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my friend is watching first cow and was like, I couldn't do first cow with my phone next to me. And I was oh, like, yeah, you have to put, you have to put yeah. it down and pay attention. And yeah. I do love that. However, I feel like Milwaukee film is making, not just the best the best situation we could. I think we're making a really good situation out of a out of an unfortunate time. So right. I think I mean the good thing about having a virtual uh, festival is we are going to reach a lot more people than we would be able to uh, otherwise, or new audiences at least who can access it if even if they can't drive in to our right. particular theater. So there's a, there's definitely a silver lining. We have, so what's it, is it? So is it going to? Is it going to be like? How are you going to like stack like the theaters and the show times and the you know? Oh, well, that's another the good thing. Together? 
That's yeah. another good thing. As much as it is fun to come up with your schedule, I, I genuinely love when I go to a festival, like, okay, here are the days I'm going. Doing Here's where I can work all <laughs> yeah. out. You Get your Sharpie and start yeah. mapping stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. But it is it is an obstacle, and there's no obstacle for this one. They're not showing at particular times you have to tune in. It's essentially there's two weeks where you have access to all of the movies the whole time. So that's wow. That's awesome. If, if you want to cram in 10 movies in two days, you can do that. You can watch any of them you Done. want. <laughs> Except for, yeah, yeah, not a problem for Matt. However, yeah. there is, there are going to be some special events. We're still going to do for members only. We still gonna, we're still going to have the super secret screening, which is the one we do oh, every cool. year where you don't get to know what it is before you show up. So we are still going to do that one. That one's going to be a bit more, particular and when they can watch it uh but essentially you know we'll give access at a certain point and that's a fun surprise we always have really good movies for that um and it's also going to be uh a bit less expensive we've got some great people sponsoring it we're able to make the prices a lot easier for people to access i've got to say i i just want to point out too that Milwaukee Film Sofa Cinema has provided some of the best stuff that I've watched throughout this pandemic. Oh, that's and great. it's worked so well. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I, I mean, stuff like Driveways, Bloody Nose, Empty yeah. Pockets, uh, Painter and the Thief, The Surrogate, Shirley, oh. uh, Capital in the 21st Century. I, I've watched so much good stuff on at Milwaukee Film Sofa Cinema, and it's very easy to use. It is it is uh, it is idiot proof because I'm a real dumb dummy, um, and so oh, then you're in the it, perfect place. <laughs> yeah. So if 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 the film festival is anything like what Sofa Cinema has been like in terms of ease of use and in terms of the quality of the films, uh, I, I I I'm really excited for this year's film festival. It, Honestly, it, 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 it was really – it made my heart smile to see that you guys were doing it virtually this year and that you were able to uh, – that you were able to, to make something of, of this kind of lost year, something that yeah. a lot of film festivals haven't been able to do this yeah. year. So I really appreciate that, and I, I know I'm not alone in saying that as a Milwaukee film enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. That's good. That's great to hear because we want to make sure we're still be able to provide – because I know – I mean, I work there, and I – I shouldn't say this, but I know the Milwaukee Film Festival is beloved to a lot of people because they tell me. And it's Mm -hmm. two weeks of uh, just a big love fest. People come out, people come up to me and they tell me what they like and what the experiences they're having. I'm going to miss that a lot going up and being able to talk. However, I'm going to try to I'm going to miss going up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Like. That's one of my favorite parts is seeking you out. You know? I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that too because normally like K Polly's running around trying to do things and I'm like right. hi and you're like really nice seeing you but I've got a festival to run right now, Matt. Oh, well, I, first of all, I far from run it. I I I run during it, but I don't run it. Uh, and if I'm on my way, it's on my way to just to talk to you. I'm always on my way just to talk to you. Though I, I will tell you that I do want to set something up via zoom uh something online where i can have some face-to-face with people like we're joking about calling it uh, k Polly's office hours where people people can come in and talk about the movies they're seeing and ask questions so i don't want to give face-to-face time up uh but even if it has to be via a screen so i think we're going to find some way to be able to interact and still have that kind of personal touch yes i was gonna say because i just you talking about um, having all these movies for 14 days and knowing that a whole bunch of people are going to watch movies at the same time is 
absolutely is very exciting to me. And how do you, how, like, what are your plans for getting people to like watch movies at the same time and be able to kind of like talk to them or interact or make it feel at least a little bit yeah. like you're watching a movie with other people and not just like, yeah. you know, by yourself. Well, I will say we're going to have events. We're going to have panels and discussions and Q and A's just like before. Those will be at particular times where people all have to come in at a certain time and watch and participate. You can, you know, log questions. That'd be great. There's not the perfect way to make sure. Cause we don't want when you have something like this, where you're trying to make, uh, lemonade. <laughs> you, right. You don't. You can't put a lot of restrictions on it. So I don't want to say, oh, you have to be sitting at your computer at seven p.m. Otherwise, you can't see it. You go on. You can watch any of these films anytime you want for two weeks, and then you know. So you have two weeks. However, those I think those special events are when people are actually going to come together online and be able to I think so talk too. and interact. Yeah. If you've got a Q and A with a director or with a or a panel with somebody, then you're you're going to be in a a zoom room with a bunch right. of people that have seen it and yeah. are and that's gonna, to talk about yeah it. and that's going to spark you to make sure oh i gotta watch this before that so i can totally sit yes. in and uh yeah it's gonna be i think that's gonna be great i do want to point out and i don't i don't want to dismiss uh the other two-week festival that we have coming up no you guys got two festivals yeah this is crazy <laughs> uh the minority health film festival this is our second year it, the reaction last year was so like heartbreakingly beautiful to see people come out and really get into these films this year. It is so much bigger. Like I said, two full weeks, we have a lot more movies and what it essentially it's, it's a, it's a whole festival. The subject of which is like minority communities, how they're impacted by the pandemic, by racism, by everything that's going on in the country right now and has been going on in the country for forever it's critically important that these films be seen. And when we say minority health film festival, it's not just about like physical health of these communities. It's how everything affects these communities mentally, culturally. It's a lot broader than it sounds, but I, I did just a quick scan of all the films that we're showing. And it is an incredibly broad spectrum of inspiration of like frustration but then inspiration uh the damage and the healing so it it is an incredible festival that i don't want people to hear the title and say oh that's very specific um, and it sounds wonderful and uplifting and and informative but don't discount the breadth of films that we're going to have in this festival it's going to be pretty impressive Important question. Will, will there be anything in the sandpaper smoothie department? That I, would- <laughs> I would say between all these festivals, I think we're, we have fewer sandpaper smoothie films this year, which uh, is a shame. I think a shame. Hollywood's hogging them all. <laughs> Art- Artemis Fowl? Yeah. All, all the Christian Bale Batman movies have been made, so I don't know what else. <laughs> When um, So when are the – give me the dates of both festivals. Christopher. Yeah, Minority Health Film Festival is September 10th through the 24th. Coming and up. That's coming up soon. And then Milwaukee Film Festival is October 15th through the 29th. Uh, the theme is Adapted for Your Screen, which is I think a very cute title. Uh, and appropriate. Yeah, that's cute. That's yeah. clever. Um, for uh, MHFF, that's the cool way kids talk about it. MHFF, oh, wow. uh, mo- uh, this coming Monday is when uh, passes are available. Passes for a two-week festival for a member is are only twenty bucks. 
Wow. For a two week And then now they're Bargain. bigger for, that's right. For the Milwaukee Film Festival, they're 75, but that is compared to a three or $400 pass that you would get if it was in person. Sure. So they're very accessible. Individual tickets are very, very inexpensive, especially for members. So, and the, those are all coming up soon the 24th and the 26th of this month. Those are our on sale dates for both festivals. Great. Well, we should like every week we should have a little like this is what's going on with the festival. This is how you like get things every day, every every day, twice a day. <laughs> yes. All right. Great. So, so movies are coming back to theaters, which is scary and interesting, and we'll see what happens there. Some movies are coming direct to streaming. Some movies are coming direct to streaming and then you have to rent it and you can possibly own it if you are a member of that streaming service and then (laughs) we have the wonderful and glorious milwaukee film festival two festivals going on I would like to point out that for ten dollars less than renting Mulan, you could get a pass, <laughs> you could get a pass to a two week festival with tons of movies. Just a little economic shout out there. Yeah, but how will I know? Uh, like, I uh, Mulan. I mean, what if it gets spoiled for me? What if this remake of a movie from nineteen ninety six gets spoiled for me? I know you don't want to find. You want to find out quick what happens yeah. the exact same way it did before, but but only with people who aren't as pretty. Yeah, how will I? How will I? You know, hide from the plot points of this I film know. that's already been made. It's a quandary. Tale as old as time. Reference. Oh no! <laughs> oh, to a, a no. different to, to a similar <laughs> studio but different film. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, I it. am a, I am evacuating from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is this is our cue to go. All right, this I told you a bunch of dumb dummies. You're in the right place. <laughs> this has been Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Huzzah! We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Wee! Um, also, our theme song is from Milwaukee's Brett Newski, who I saw yesterday. Oh, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but Brett Newski loves it when you call him the Newsk. Ooh. Thank you to Associated Bank, who yeah. helps us out. And thank Love you to it. our members at Milwaukee Film and 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. And to everybody who reads on Milwaukee. Yeah. And uh, usually... This is where we come out and say that we there is one person that we always think at the end, but I'm but I'm switching it up this time. You know who it is, Christopher? That one person that we want to thank is Matt Miller. Thank you, Matt, what? for coming on and Aww. joining us, and uh, you know coming back and making us us being in the same spot that we were uh, when we did this five months ago. <laughs> I'm, so, I, I'm so sorry for ruining your podcast again. <laughs> I, you know what, Matt? I am too. I really am too. <laughs> but I, I will say this. There's two reasons I like it when you're on the show. Uh, one, uh, nope, just one reason. I don't oh, have to, Oh, boy. Oh, I, no. I don't have to prepare. And that's what I like <laughs> about you the most. This is what I offer. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is what I can do. Okay. Thank Thanks, you, Matt. Matt. Thank you, Kit Polly, and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.